Bottoms up, everybody. It's Bobby Ulrich here drinking a nice, crisp coconut water on a brand new podcast with my good buddy, Riker Lynch. On this special episode, we interviewed world-famous comedian and actor Ahmed Ahmed, who gives us the juicy and inside details of some hilarious Hollywood tales and some personal insights to his regimented wellness routine. I believe at one point, he mentions he drinks five gallons of water during his sauna sessions. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, amazing episode. Uh, so make sure you guys sit back, relax, and enjoy this new episode of Glass Half Full with Riker and Bobby. So much wasted energy on seeing glasses half empty. So let me be your fresh caffeine and I can top you off in case you missed it. I'ma keep it, keep it, keep it optimistic, optimistic. Riker, man, you always surprise me with those beautiful glasses. <laughs> <laughs> what determines the color? Because sometimes Thank it's you, red, sometimes it's red, Great question. It's this is a great question. This is a great question. Okay, so when the sun goes down, then I put the red ones on. These are like mm. after 11 a.m. So it's sort of, you still want some of the blue light coming in but not uh, so much of the artificial that we live in, like with our screens and our phones and our laptops and, and whatnot. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I got my true darks, got my day walkers on. I believe these are called They're the orange ones. Yeah. Yeah. Big That's fan. why. I, so poker's a night game. So I, you always have the red ones on when you play poker. Exactly. So now I know why. Yeah. But you got to be careful about that though. Cause sometimes it, it hides the, the spades or the, the hearts or the diamonds, not the spades. Uh, and you, sometimes oh. you think you got something different, so you got to watch oh. out. But you do look intimidating always. Thank you. Thank you. That's really <laughs> what I'm going for because I really don't know what I'm doing. When I'm <laughs> oh, man. Well, there's a lot more poker talk going on uh, in the future episodes, I'm sure. Um, yes. But as someone who has a fantastic poker face, uh, my guest that I brought in for our very first episode, uh, a man himself, his name is Ahmed Ahmed. Uh, yes. world-renowned comedian, actor, director, producer. This guy's done it all. Uh, started his career, uh, humble beginnings at the uh, the comedy store. Uh, produced his own show uh, called Dublin's in Los Angeles on the Strip. It was one of the hottest comedy shows uh, in Hollywood Sick. for about ten years. It's where Dane Cook, Sebastian Maniscalco, so many giant names, literally. Oh wow! Started their career. Uh, at this show and, and really blew up from there. And uh, he's a paid regular at all the clubs. Uh, he's had multiple different Netflix, uh, yeah, Netflix comedy specials, specials, uh, Axis of Evil, uh, Vince Vaughn's uh, Wild West show. Uh, he's, yes. been, uh, he's been uh, in Iron Man. He was in Don't Mess with the Zohan with Adam Sandler. Oh, a lot no way. Of, yeah, a lot of uh, big time movies and actors that I know we both admire. So I always Sweet. love listening to uh, stories from this guy. Uh, I could listen to him tell stories for days. And I'm excited to have him on the podcast today, Mr. Ahmed Ahmed. Name so nice, they named him twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ahmed, thank you so much for being here. We had some major technical difficulties, but I think we figured it out. Yeah, no worries, man. Thanks for yes. having me on your. How we get it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you, goodness. Guys oh man. For, yeah, thanks for having me on your podcast. And Riker, nice to meet you. Finally, so nice to meet you. Thank you for for being our, our guinea pig. And we don't even know really what we're doing uh, yet. I mean, I, I kind of have an idea, um, and and Bobby probably has an idea. But thank you for just figuring it out with us. We pre appreciate it. You know, when you go up first on any sort of pilot episode of something or in the comedy world, they call it taking the bullet for the team. Yeah. So, so typical, you guys send a Muslim up here to do this job. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> uh, real quick, Bobby, thank you for the nice intro. I mean, you can keep going all day long. I, I'm not going to stop you, but just want to fact check a couple things. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dublin's was Arguably, probably the hottest show, not only in L.A., but in the country. Um, but it only lasted four years, not ten. Mm. And I have to give props and big ups to my partner, uh, Jay Davis, who, you know, we we kind of brainchild this thing together. And uh, and he, to this day, is still running hot shows um, around Hollywood right now, currently at Yamashiro uh, up in the Hollywood Hills. So big ups to Jay yeah, Davis. Yeah, those are good shows. 
And and yeah, everybody that came through Dublin's between 19, I would say 98 and 2001, somewhere in there. Dan Cook, Dave Chappelle, um, Sebastian Maniscalco, you know, old legends and up and coming newcomers, you know, Ken Jung before he was Ken Jung, Zach Galifianakis. Wow. Um, Leslie now, Jones. forgive me for because uh, I don't I know literally nothing about the comedy world, but I'm a huge comedy fan. So uh, forgive me for asking. But what is Dublin's Dublin's back in the day it used to be called Carlos and Charlie's. And it was a back in the like, I want to say the early mid 70s, maybe late 70s. It was a uh, like a high end Mexican food restaurant where celebrities would hang out at. OK. And then it changed hands a couple of times and it ended up becoming Dublin's, which is which was a um, like a sports bar, basically. Gotcha. <laughs> and, you know, it was like beer and peanuts and mm -hmm. you can watch whatever sports. And Jay and I were looking for a place to do comedy and we found Dublin's and it just ended up being a goldmine. It was a free show. We'd have three plus 300 plus people every week wow. jammed in there. And then the celebrities on top of that would show up. So it was on a Tuesday night. On any given Tuesday night, you'd have like the Lakers would show up. Oh, really? Um, you said Britney Spears. Have, was, yeah, Britney Spears yeah. was a big time guest. Britney right? Spears, Justin Timberlake would come every week. Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Holy Dave smokes. Navarro. This is so this is a major, major uh celebrity oh, spot. Yeah, yeah and we it started had, as like an underground comedy scene kind of. Yeah. It, yeah. We had Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. Vince Vaughn would show up every week. John Favreau. Um, Bill Maher would sit in the back and watch. I mean, we had, and a lot of comics got discovered out of that room. So you wow. had a lot of comedians. And you started nobody. this, you and Jay. Me and myself and Jay Davis, correct. Wow, that is so cool. And then, like, it got to the point where, you know, comics, we, it was like a two month waiting list to get on that show. <laughs> but it got to the point where it was so hot that if you killed on that stage, if you had an awesome set, you inevitably 99.9% .9 of the time, no matter what you look like, you got laid that night. <laughs> so I'd get, this was I the would get, spot. <laughs> I, would, I, I would get phone calls and text messages in the middle of the night from comics who I will not name who, you know, who, you know, no, no offense, aren't that attractive. It would say, <laughs> it would say, Hey man, I haven't been laid in two months. Can I please do a set on your show tomorrow night? Oh my gosh. Because if you went on that stage and you killed, you for sure got laid. So this is like the, this is like the ultimate wingman. This stage was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the crowd, well, no, the crowd was actually, but yeah, the, you know, the stage, and this wasn't a bar, like we, it wasn't even a proper stage. We ripped out a booth and built this little makeshift uh, stage. And we had literally every famous and unknown comic, you know, Joe Rogan came through there, Andrew Dice Clay, Roseanne Barr, Tommy Davidson, David Allen Greer, um, man, the list goes on and on. Like I said, Leslie Jones, um, like I said, Sebastian Maniscalco, Brett Ernst. Wow. Uh, Zach Galifianakis. Uh, so now is, and but you said it, uh, it's changed hand, hands a couple of times. So is it still Dublin's? Does this place still exist? No, um, we got shut down. Well, first the, the comedy night got shut down because we didn't have an entertainment license. Really? So what? Oh yeah. About, yeah. And then about, well, we were trying to pass it off as, spoken word and poetry and they're like no, no. <laughs> so the city of west hollywood shut us down after four years and we were at our peak like we were we were popping oh yeah and then and then you know at the time an unknown dane cook about two years in he had just moved here from boston and his girlfriend at the time really sweet gal named michelle was a waitress there and she said hey my ex-boyfriend who i'm still friends with is a comic from Boston. He's moving to LA. Can you put him up on stage? I said, yeah, sure. Have him come in and say hi. So he did. Um, and I said, yeah, we can put you up in two weeks. He came back two weeks later. He did 15 minutes and he clobbered the whole room. Like 
shut the whole fucking place. <laughs> it was like the new Robin Williams. People, and so then people started calling us every week. When is Dane coming back? When is Dane coming back? When is Dane coming back? Wow. Now, what year was this approximately? This was 19. It was 19. Uh, I want to say like late 98, early 99. Wow. Wow. I and was then, only two years old. I was going to say, yeah, then, I was uh, I was eight. <laughs> and then what happened was Dane would come back every week and we would give him more time. And it got to the point where he was doing, you know, 45 minutes a night and, and literally wow. crushing the room and a half. And then um, he ended up getting like a lot of comics, got agents and managers out of that room. Um, oh, yeah. I can imagine agents and every, people like that are constantly coming through there looking for comics. <laughs> We had Bobby Lee, we had Darren Carter, Alonzo Bowden would close out every night. Wow. Uh, I, don't you, I don't know if you know who Alonzo Bowden is, but he's like I, he's I, I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar. He's a he's a really well known kind of god kind of like a godfather legend of comedy. And he would he would you know, twelve comics would go up and then he would always purposely go up last and still cut the room in half. He's such wow. a pro. That's but such yeah, a monster. It was one of those magical things that a lot of comics got passed at the comedy store because of that place. Sam Tripoli, um, myself, uh, and then a lot of comics got agents, managers. Uh, Ralphie May, you know, Ralphie May would come in there every week. Um, some comics wouldn't even come to perform. They would just come to hang out because it was the cool thing to do on a Tuesday night on the Sunset Strip. And it was right in between the comedy store and the Laugh Factory. So you had to Oh, okay yeah you had like a little middle ground yeah and um and then we you know i i developed a lot of fans and comrades and peers and and colleagues and i also created a lot of haters <laughs> oh yeah well, it, you know with it with growing uh you know growing success there's always a a, a certain amount of people that just don't don't vibe yeah. with it well especially when you're holding the key when you're the oh, gatekeeper, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I was, you know, myself and Jay were the essentially the gatekeepers of this comedy show, and you know, we had comics calling us, texting us, coming up to us on the reg. Like it got to the yeah. point, it got to the point where it got overwhelming. Where I, I pushed off the booking responsibilities to Jay, mm-hmm. who was happy, very happy to do it. <laughs> I was more behind the scenes as a, as a promoter, and you were, producer. Yeah, and you were starting to develop. You were starting to get into like uh, transitioning into your own self as your own entertainer and like the axis of evil and stuff like that. And giving more yeah. of a, a, a breakdown of like where you, co- where you came from and how that integrated with your comedy at the time. Right. Um, yeah, if you want to give right was... a background too, of how you're, you yeah. know, where you're from and, and then how it evolved for your own. Uh, Cause I think stand up and especially comedians, your voice is so important. And I think that that was all also really uh, if I'm correct, was like a was a place where you started and then you de- where you developed your voice and to spring you into where you really kind of became your own independent artist. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really develop my voice at Dublin's because I was more of a producer promoter, but I would put myself up on stage every week. Where okay. I developed my voice was at the comedy store, which ironically, so Polly Shore, his mom, God rest her soul, she owned the comedy store, the world famous comedy store. And Polly Shore came into Dublin's one night unannounced and he was like hey buddy this is a cool room you know can i, can I want to go up on stage so we, we put him up on stage and he's Paulie shore so he's like a hollywood you know anomaly mm-hmm. and he went up and he killed it and he came off stage and he said hey man you guys got something really cool and sexy and special here why don't you bring your show over to the comedy store to my mom's club so we started a show called um rock comedy on Thursday nights, and we took the best of the best from Dublin's, and then we had rock and roll music, and only like rock musicians would show up. Soundgarden, uh, Chris Cornell would show up quite a oh, bit. No way. Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains, uh, Twiggy and Marilyn Manson. Uh, you know, these guys were wow. Like, all, they were all sober at the time, so they wanted something. You know. Uh, kind of innocent and fun to do on a Thursday night after they're, you know, out of the studio. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I would throw myself up on stage every night. We had our DJ, uh, Crash, who still to this day works with Jay Davis over at Yamashiro. And so Crash would play rock and roll music. And then at Dublin's, he'd play R&B and hip hop. 
But Mitzi Shore was in the room one night when I was on stage. And um, that's when she saw me. And that's when she passed me uh, at the comedy store to be a paid regular. And it was right before 9-11. So she had this epiphany that there was going to be a war between America and the Middle East and Arab, Muslim, Middle Eastern comics were going to be a necessary voice uh, in the world, especially through comedy. And that's really why she hired me. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's heavy. And I, <laughs> I want to drop to what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> when we were talking now, about rock and roll, I also want to interject uh, Ahmed um, Riker is one of the best damn bass players in all of the land, too. Well, I'm <laughs> not just a talented musician. But, um, that, that's but, yeah, very yeah. nice. Oh, hold on, hold on. He's, he's got a yeah. beverage. He's got a beverage. we got to talk beverages here because oh, we're glass yes, half yes. full. What what's, what's in your beverage? What is it half full of? I cannot confirm or deny, but it's something that's um, – Makes me feel light, light, light. Okay, <laughs> whatever, whatever that float, whatever that may be, whatever floats your boat. We we support it. We we're all about our our beverages here at Glass Half Full. So, um, all right. So now, so you're up here. You're doing the comedy now. Where are you from? Uh, I was born in Egypt, right outside of Cairo. Oh my gosh, no way. And my dad, my mom and dad, my dad, God rest his soul. My mom and dad immigrated to the U.S. When I was one month old, I'm like the Lion King. Oh, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> and then we uh, we ended up in Riverside, California, about an hour outside of L.A. Did they have a reason for going to California or? My dad, you know, he was one of, I think, eight children. And um, they lived and grew up on a farm, very primitive third world kind of upbringing. <laughs> and my, um, you know, my dad just wanted the American dream. And back then. Right. Back then, the United States was was handing out a limited amount of um, visas to go to the U.S. It was like a lottery. Right. And he he jumped in. He was like one of the thousand Egyptians that that they approved. Wow. He actually got it. He actually got his immigration papers the day I was born. <laughs> wow, no way. Now, do you, speak, do you speak any other languages? I speak Arabic, not fluently, but I, I understand okay. it fluently and I can speak it conversationally and stuff. Yeah. Nice, nice. And do you travel back there or, or visit or do you just have family there or anything like that? He's always traveling there. Yeah. He was just there for like a month. He was doing a whole Middle Eastern tour. Yeah. Oh, no, a whole know, tour. So so to go back to the comedy store, when Mitzi Shore hired me, she hired two other uh, Middle Eastern comics, this guy named Maz Jabrani, who's Iranian and a guy named Aaron Cater, who's half Palestinian, she started a show called The Arabian Nights, which okay. we later called the, which we later called the Axis of Evil comedy tour when President Bush was in office. And it just took off. It took off. We were the first ever Middle Eastern comedy uh, special on Comedy Central. We toured the U.S. We eventually got a deal to go uh, to the Middle East. We sold 20,000 tickets. Um, in Dubai, Lebanon, Egypt, Saudi, Kuwait, um, we, we like made history. And then I started bringing American comics over, Whitney Cummings, Sebastian Maniscalco. In fact, there's a documentary that I directed called Just Like Us. Um, uh-huh. it's, on, it's on YouTube. If you just type in it's great. cross-cultural productions on YouTube or just type in Just Like Us, you'll find just it. Just Like um, Us. Okay. I'm going to have to check yeah, this it, out. Just Like Us yeah, on really YouTube. Good. Yeah, it's it's there. It's on there. It's for, it's for free. We were on Netflix and Stars and Showtime. We it kind of ran its course through the licensing and distribution platform. And then my business partner and I were like, "Hey, just put it on YouTube for free and let people watch it for free." So that's what we we, we did. And so yeah, to answer your question, you know, it was really Mitzi Shore's brainchild. I mean, to give her credit, she was the one who came up with the idea that there was going to be conflict between the Arab world and the Muslim world and Mm-hmm. Middle Eastern Arab Muslim comics were going to, you know, break down any uh, confusion and, and stereotypes and misinterpretation. And so we we got it following that way. And then, you know, fast forward, I ended up going to the Middle East several times. Um, Egypt, Dubai, Lebanon, Kuwait, Oman, Bahrain, Qatar, Saudi, um, Jordan. We met the King of Jordan. He came to one of our shows. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's that's, interesting that's, right yeah there. that's yeah go ahead it's interesting because you know i'm with maz jobrani and we're, we're in downtown cairo egypt and you know cairo has 100 million plus people 30 million in cairo 
and we're driving down the highway in traffic and we look up at the billboard and there's a huge billboard with our pictures and names on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, I, and I was in awe. I was like, wow, we're like really famous here in the, in, in the Arab world. And our, my, my face, my ugly mug is up here on this billboard for millions of people to see. But my agent won't call me back for a 7-Up commercial on Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah so i can up- i can relate i can relate i can go we i can go down to uh to argentina and we can play eight thousand people um and granted we play pretty big shows here but i i understand where you're going i just feel like the international crowds appreciate western and contemporary music and mm-hmm. comedy um anything that's american related people love the brand and we were there at the right it was all timing we were there at the right place at the right time um, and then the market got saturated. We kind of cracked the egg for a lot of comics to come in and, and go there and sell out arenas and make millions of dollars. Wow. Russell Peters. Yeah. Russell Peters, Kevin Hart, uh, Fluffy, Gabriel Iglesias, Chappelle. Um, now, when you're traveling around a, a ton like that, do you have to change your your comedy timing or your your set at all uh, based off where you're where you're going? Because I, you know, I, I, crowds are just inherently a little bit different. Their vibes are a little different all all over the world. So, do how much do you change your set or your show? So I, I don't change my timing or cadence, uh-huh. but I will. But I will measure the material right whether it's whether it's kosher or not some some countries don't care like lebanon they're like say whatever you want you know? <laughs> uh-huh. but then you go to like countries like saudi or like you know um kuwait and they say don't talk about sex drugs religion or politics i'm like well that's my whole fucking ass <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i imagine only, a lot of comics are like wait what 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 do i and say he's only been banned from two countries right i believe Yvette? yeah I, I was banned from dubai for a year um, <laughs> for, for something from you the, said on your on your in your show i do a joke i didn't do it in dubai they just saw it online in my comedy central special on youtube but I do a joke, not even a joke. It's more of an observation. You have to remember comedians are, we're like reporters. We just report the news. Yes. And no matter whether you think it's funny or not, you know, either you're going to laugh or you're not, but you know, we're comics. So we have a little bit more of a oomph when we're telling our news. Right. Right, right, right. So when I first got to Dubai in 2005, they had never even heard of stand-up comedy before. Okay. At least in the Western contemporary format. And at the time, and still to this day, most Muslim progressive Muslim countries, you'll have like mosques and nightclubs right across the street from each other. So right around eight o'clock when it's time for the, you know, the evening call for prayer, you hear the, Allah, Akbar, Allah. <laughs> 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 so all the Muslims are confused. They're like, should I go pray? Should I go dance? Right. <laughs> I love I love God, but I love Drake, you know? <laughs> so I did that, I did that report, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I did another one where the Amir um Sheikh Muhammad uh, he had built the only seven-star hotel in the whole wide world in Dubai. It's shaped okay. like a sail. It's shaped like a sailboat. It's actually like an architectural phenomenon. Oh yeah, I think I've seen this in movies. But when critics asked who gave it seven stars, he was like, "I give it seven stars. It's my hotel." Okay. I'll give it eleven if I want. You know, like I was, <laughs> I was trying to like, m- not mock him, but mimic him. Like he has that much power, he yeah. can add stars. And so they took that as offense, and my mosque nightclub bit was blasphemous. And yeah, I got banned from here. <laughs> but now, but now you just went back and you had killer shows. So it all has come full circle. Yeah, I mean, it all came around full circle. You know, oh, that's I good. Mean, I was in Palestine just last week. In fact, we were doing shows in uh, Jerusalem, Nablus, Bethlehem, and Ramallah. Wow, uh, lots of travel, lots of shows. This is awesome. He's, yeah, he he travels like a maniac. We called it the, the Jesus tour. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we did, you know, 1,500 Palestinians showed up. 
And it was crazy because they live in an occupied, not to get political and all that, but the occupation is real there. And Palestinians, they have a couple things that they rely on, food, the nightlife, booze, and comedy. Wow. So when when we showed up, they were like so happy um, that these, you know, Muslim American, Arab American comics showed up and, you know, we let loose. They yeah, were, they were pretty. Yeah, they were cool. That's awesome. Do you so with so all this cool. travel? Do you have like a do you have like a favorite place to play or just favorite country to visit or? Honestly, I mean, I would say my well, I, Palestine is up there. Like just okay. coming back, pal, coming back from this last tour I did. I mean, the laughs were just explosive. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> But they they were just they were just so appreciative. You know, Egypt, that's my home country. Yeah. Um I like I want to go comedy. to Egypt so bad. Egypt looks so cool. My dad actually, so my dad and I are skydivers, and my dad went oh, skydiving wow. and jumped o- out over the the Great Pyramids. Wow. Oh wow, really? Yeah. The photos are incredible. They're just well, dude, absolutely incredible. If you ever want to go and need a tour guide or you know <laughs> somebody that we call it Wasta in the Middle East. Wasta, Wasta? means connect. Wasta means you're connected. Okay. If you ever need some Wasta in, in Egypt, I got you. Um, there you go. All right. Maybe we'll do a maybe we'll do a comedy uh, duo. You guys can do comedy, and yeah. then we'll do we'll do music. Fuck yeah! In Love Egypt, um, that would be cool. And I know we'll, we'll be. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say we. we I'm sure we'd be all in the same uh, recovery routine too, because Riker, me and Ahmed, whenever we go to New York uh san diego dallas anywhere we always make sure we go find a some type of korean spa or eucalyptus steam room yes all right now we're now we're talking now we're speaking my language we we definitely utilize that that and i we uh we know how to recover okay that's this is good real quick i I, i've got a question for you yeah because i've just met you for the first time what what kind of um What's what's the name? Are you in a band that has like? Yeah, so I play bass kind of for I play bass for the Driver Era. Uh, it's my brother's okay. band, and it's alternative pop. And then oh. I have my own music that I record and release um, and write on my own just for fun. Um, and that's like tropical pop is the way I like to call it. To coattail what Bobby was saying, you know, and you know this as a as a comic, and you're in, you sound like you're an international touring comic, and I need to do my research. On you, sorry, I apologize. I haven't really. No, no, no. This it. is actually, it's actually totally. That's I think it's kind better. Of the this point way. of this yeah. is to get to know each other and and share stories through, uh, you know, fun conversations and just spreading good energy, uh, sit, while sipping beverages. Yeah, and so so to coattail, you know, what Bobby was saying. Our jobs, your job. If you're if you're on the road, whether you're a salesman, a musician, a magician, a comic. If you're on the road a lot, and it look, whether you're one of these entertainers that likes to, because I like to frolic, you know, in my little drinking es- escapades, uh-huh. you know, I like to have, to have a toke if I can, or, you know, what what's what's my shot? What's my what's my drink to go? My go-to drinks, Bobby? Oh, he's a big Casablanco. Uh, no. When I go to the bar, what do I say? Oh, can I get a uh, Stella and a shot of <laughs> that's what he says all the time awesome uh, Casamigos Blanco. Oh, he loves casamigos blanco casamigos blanco okay yeah Riker I, is a big I'm a, tequila guy yeah and, i like what, i like my tequila it, and what does it do what does it do for you it's a natural probiotic <laughs> <laughs> a natural probiotic that's what he it says is. that's what he Google says. It. there you go <laughs> no but I we love it when and I'm I'm not always drinking, but I like to frolic, you know, and have my drinks and stuff. But oh, when, when you're on the well. road, yeah, when you're on the road, I always try to find. There are a couple things I try to find. One is some sort of day spa that specifically has a killer steam room with like eucalyptus and yeah, something something that I can detox in and ex- extract any toxins I've got going on and. And then I I go back and forth, whether it's an ice bath or cold dip or cold shower. And then I go to the dry sauna and I have a whole routine. Yes, same. What's your what? So do you have a specific order? I want to know the routine. I love this shit. 
So my my routine is um, rinse off first. Na- you know. Get naked. <laughs> get naked. <laughs> in case get that in. wasn't already clear. <laughs> helicopter, helicopter. To right, helicopter. In the, in the gym. In the- <laughs> no, uh, you know, just like, you know, rinse off. And then I typically will will pop into the sauna first. Just because I like that dry, you know, when you when you're when you go into a dry sauna and you can see beads of sweat rolling off your body, that's when you know your pores are opening up. It's hard yep. to tell in a steam room because yeah, yeah, because you you get like soaked instantly. You can't of the steam. tell. Yeah, but when you go in a sauna and it's dry, you can you can see the beads, you can see the little the worms and the bugs and the toxins and the shit. <laughs> <laughs> rolling yep. off your off out, off and out of your pores and so i usually do about 15 minutes in there and i'll stretch out a little bit and then i i jump right into a, a cold shower or cold dip yep for about for about three to five minutes then i'll pop into the steam room and i'll do the same routine about 15 min- minutes in the steam room and then i go back to a cold shower cold dip or plunge or whatever and then I just copy, paste, rinse, repeat for an hour. And then in between all of that, I'm crushing, you know, five gallons of water. Um, there, there was, there was, I did a test with my body one time. I drank, I drank, I think I drank within the hour. I drank about almost five gallons of water. Whoa. And I, and I well, in between my sweats. Okay, yeah. And how many how many rounds are you doing? Like of sauna, cold plunge, sauna, cold plunge? In a, in an hour, I think I knocked out like three or four rounds. Mm-hmm. So you're doing like each room, you're doing like 45 minutes to an hour in each room. Right. So you're sweating a lot, but you're drinking the water. But anyway, I weighed myself before I went in. I weighed myself when I came out. I lost five pounds. Wow. Dang. Just, just through just through sweating toxins. It was just all water weight. Yeah, and um, that's amazing. And then also, like lately, where I've been touring, it hasn't been possible. Although I was in Phuket, Thailand last month, um, and I jumped in the ocean. But if I can find a clean beach, I'll jump in the ocean. I think salt water is good for your skin. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I, I think natural uh, occurring bodies of water are all very, very powerful, very good, good benefits for us to just kind of reconnect with nature. Absolutely. So that's, that's one of my routines, you know, Bobby's been on the road with me quite a bit. You know, we try to hit the, he hits it more than me, but try to hit the gym, the local gym or whatever's in the hotel, even if it's just to go down and stretch for 20 minutes or yeah. Yeah. Just get your heart rate going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always feel like I could just be way more present on stage after a routine like that you know like we do it you don't want to do it we never do it too close to the showtime because then i'll no. just be up there like hey guys tired, yeah. <laughs> i'll yeah, be like let's, let's go take a nap i do that i do the summer yeah. summer touring though so I'll, you know wear the sleeveless shirt and then you, you do some push-ups before you hit the stage <laughs> yes yes 100 yes, percent. and then we'll do like you know like what else have we done bobby we'll go try to find well, a like green a smoothie. smoothie yeah green smoothie, green smoothie some, we both are into sea moss i don't know if you if you've dabbled too much in the sea moss like striker, the sea moss gel yeah I met a man oh, no i i've heard CMOS. i've heard a little bit about this though i've i've uh i've been wanting to try it well it's since you're bad. if you're a touring you know comic or, or artist or entertainer musician sea moss is a lifesaver beet juice is another one mm. what's you know, you have to remember yeah sea moss has like i think every vitamin like almost like every vitamin right yeah it's really nutritionally dense right that's the thing it has has 92 i think minerals and vitamins and nutrients yeah it's like like really high yeah it's high it's up there and then and then we'll do like you know we'll just go walk around downtown you know go sightseeing um you know bobby sometimes you know we were touring a couple times and texting each other you know and our rooms are right next to each other so we're not like knocking on the door or going over we'll be texting each other like hey i'm gonna take a nap or i'm gonna i'm gonna check out for a second you know yep as a comic it's nice to check out for me personally so i almost never eat before i go on stage and i try to not talk to anybody before yeah, you I go your on voice stage. fresh not only my voice fresh just mentally 
because we're talking for an hour. Right. And so I don't want to talk for an hour before I talk for an hour. You know what I mean? So you're saying you guys won't even talk. You'll just text to kind of save that. I mean, we talk just to coordinate, but it's like, are you going to masturbate before you have sex with your girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or like, yeah, or you can or, be like Mike, and he'll give you a nice massage right before you go on stage. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to throw all your junk and juice out there and extract all your energy before you have to get in the ring. It's just right. Yeah, you're, per- you're prime. You're priming up. I, I know. I, I, I get it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I stretch. I, you know, I do a lot of stretching. Um, whether it's in my hotel room or always before I go on stage, I, I stretch quite a bit i'm 53 years old so my joints aren't as um flexible and like lucid as as they were uh when i was when i was your age right. <laughs> when i hey, was well, on you, the Facebook, you're, you're look, you don't look a day over 30 so you're doing great <laughs> i'll take 30 guys i really want to know i really want i thought you were going to do the bit i know i look great <laughs> yeah what do you got what do you have in the mug you gotta reveal, reveal it to us uh it's your well, it's your first drink back you, you know. really want to know what it is yeah yes well i thought this was a whole like health conscious it no is, i but, mean we 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 have that Luce side is, is being but we have healthy as well yeah we have that we have that the health conscious side but we we also it's uh, life is about balance you know so, so a little I'm, bit of this a little bit of that i just got back from my mom's place i was there for three days detoxing resting just shutting down my mind you know eating healthy drinking water hiking and then i got back to la and i'm having a stella nice <laughs> stella that's that's so that's your go-to right it's the stella and the casamigos blanco that's the that's the go-to it's, drink order for me for right now in my life it's also hot as fuck in los angeles and <laughs> oh really <and laughs> california so an ice cold beer just well, oh, it tastes so good on my lips. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Do you have a, awesome. what about what about electrolytes? Like after you're doing all your your saunas and stuff, do you have a go to electrolyte you like? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of coconut water. Um, okay, yeah. You know, that's like, Bobby's drinking. That's Bobby's beverage today. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't mess with I don't mess with like Gatorades and like yeah, no, 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 no. It's all, all that artificial. like menu. I don't like that stuff. Um, I use a lot of uh, ginger, turmeric, uh, garlic, cinnamon. Um, you know, I balance out because Bobby knows he's seen me. When I when I drink, I drink. Uh huh. But but when I get on my health kick, you know that's how counterbalances why I look thirty. There you go. You know, <laughs> yeah yeah life is about balance you got to have a little bit of this a little bit of that my wife is the best at that because i get i get really obsessed and i get like all on the health kick or or i'll go to vegas and let loose and i and she's she's always has a great balance she has a little bit of wine with dinner and yeah. you know she's yeah, and she, I'll, I'll she's great now is your wife in the industry as well she uh is a uh, content creator amazing right. dancer too and she can dance. Yes, they, they had. Yes. I went to. I uh, went to the Hollywood Bowl. The driver era sold out. Hollywood Bowl on the show. <laughs> Actually, and, uh, the, the Greek theater. The Greek theater. Close. Oh shoot! Yeah, sorry. The Greek theater. Oh my god. How could I forget? But even better. Even better. Sold out Greek theater. Everybody. Um, but uh, there's a really amazing thing that um, uh, Vanny or Savannah, wife uh, Riker's wife, she came out uh, during a portion of the concert and they started dancing on stage. Like, and yeah, they're both, they're moment. both, I would, they're both like world class dancers. Like, and it was, <laughs> it was, it's really, really, it was really cool to see. Just like the best thing about that was that was very indicative of the entire thing was just seeing a truly like loving family doing what they love and doing it together to like the highest degree. And it just, you can just feel, you can just feel like the, the radiance of the love and positivity. And that was just like ultimately demonstrated through that. And also made me feel really bad about being single. By the way, Riker, <laughs> Riker has to be one of the fucking coolest names I've ever. Oh, thank you. Life. Thank you very much. I mean, it's uh star Trek inspired. I mean, I, I'm just like, I feel like I'm talking to Tom Cruise right now. This is amazing. <laughs> Yo, that you don't even know. That's like I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. That just made my day. Thank you. <laughs> how, did, how did you meet your Riker wife? is the man? We met at a Halloween party at a mutual friend's in uh, out in Los Angeles. That's organic. 
Yeah, yeah, and we we hit <laughs> it off. You, she, what were you dressed as? I was uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, and she was right. um, Cotton Candy, I believe. She had like a cone thing on her head. My costume was way better. Let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what was your What was your opening line? There? My opening line. Um, I didn't really have an opening line. So how she kind of knew who I was already. Um, because my siblings and I went to um, a dance studio out in, here in Colorado. She's from Colorado as well. And her mom runs the one of the bigger dance studios in Colorado called Michelle Latimer Dance Academy. And so she knew she really knew my siblings and I definitely knew who her mom was. So she walked up right up to me and was like, I am Michelle Latimer's daughter. And I was like, oh, OK. So I, I didn't really know like her personally. But I kind of knew of her and and um, definitely knew who who her family was. How and, many siblings um, do you have? I have three brothers and one sister. And my brothers oh, wow. were all at the. Well, no, two of my brothers were at the party with me. And um, they're but, like the. It's like the best family ever. I mean, like they literally. <laughs> thanks, like Bobby. it's the most talented group of. In, they're all in in, in the band. Um, they all were previously in a band together as well. And they're all just the most amazing human beings. And they're all really close. And uh, yeah, they're just multi-talented, multi-faceted in every way. You're like the white jets. Very, the yeah. They are. They are. They are. They really are. Who, who, we get, we who, get that a lot. And we get uh, the Brady Bunch. That's the, the two who, references. Who, who, I guess your parents inspired you into the music industry or uh actually I mean they're they're just really big music fans. Um, but when we moved out, so uh out here in Colorado, there's a venue called Red Rocks, and my dad took me and that. my brother Rocky to Red Rocks to uh see this band called OAR, and we watched OAR and we were like, yo, this is we should probably look into rock and roll. This is this is pretty <laughs> legit. And, and we we grew, I'm 31. O-A-R. What did that stand for? Of a revolution. Yeah, okay. So we had grown up like dancing and singing and, you know, doing the summer camps with where we did musical theater and stuff like that. So it was all performing was like second nature at this point. And then um, when we moved out to California, I originally just wanted to be an actor. I I was I I, I loved music, but I I didn't uh, I didn't think anything of it. But my brother, Rocky decided to teach himself how to play guitar. And that's what sort of was like, oh yeah, we could do rock rock and roll music. And then that sort of uh, went and just sort of snowballed effect. And and now I do a little bit of everything. I acting, singing, um, musician, uh, and I love directing. Directing is like my my new favorite thing on the planet. I heard you. you so Bobby said you directed his um, pilot. That I, I did. I directed the pilot incredible. that Bobby Bobby wrote. So Bobby cool. was, the, was the creator, <laughs> and yeah, he hired me to direct it. And it was we had so so much. That was fun. one of the most. And fun. Bobby, how did you? You said you hired him to direct it. How did you find Riker? Or how did you guys meet? Me and Riker met uh, at. Uh, so Riker's sister. Should she I be is, hosting uh, this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> This is great. This is how it's supposed to be. We're all all kind of in this together. Uh, Riker's sister, Rydell, a very talented musician. She was in their uh, band R5, which is like the first band. uh, First band, right, Riker, that you guys all had together? Um, And she's really great. And she married uh, the YouTuber that I used to work for, Capron Funk. He's part of the Funk Bros. So the first, you know, I lived with those, when I lived with those uh, YouTubers, the first guys I lived with, the one that I was doing video for, married Rydell, Riker's sister. And uh, me and Capron had a really good friendship uh, working together. So he invited me to uh, his bachelor party and his wedding. And at his bachelor party, I met all of uh, Riker and his brothers. And um, we all just hit it off right away. But me and Riker really connected a lot. Uh, I think in the hot tub, we just started talking about our favorite movies. <laughs> and yep. uh, and uh, we, we just had all we love Tarantino. We just we clicked. We're like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, and then, it, and then, it was and then at, it was instant. Yeah. It was it was pretty hilarious. It was, it was definitely the in the hot tub. Yeah. True story. A hundred percent in the hot tub. I will, I will say this about Bobby. Bobby's one of those guys, and we'll get into this later. But Bobby's one of those guys. You either connect with him right away or you don't. When I met Bobby, um, and we can talk about that later, but he we we immediately just had a bond. I don't I don't know if it was spiritual, artistic, whatever. You know, sometimes you have to meet people a couple of times to get to know them. Yeah, yeah. Bobby, I met him the first time, and I was like, I'm going to be friends with this guy for life. 
Like, <laughs> that's I all agree, on the man. record too. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we we tore it up on the dance floor at a wedding, and then um and then Riker put me in his movie that he directed. Uh, it was he gave me the greatest line of all time. Uh, I say it's tequila time, space bitches. Uh, it'll be the greatest thing I ever say in a movie or TV show, hands down. And uh, he that that whole process, seeing him do that, uh, his like he 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 like fully funded himself, uh, created the whole thing himself. Uh, that actually really inspired me uh, when I was developing my own project as well. And uh, now we've been able to be involved in each other's projects, and uh, I'm certain many more to come. Yeah, and then this came around. I was like, we got, I got, I got to bring this back because I, I, I did this podcast. Like, I did it mainly a, a, a video, like a TV shows, was sort of like the look of it. And um, but everybody really, really enjoyed the podcast. They enjoyed the audio version. And I was just, I was in a, I was at a show uh, with Flowrida actually. And I was just thinking about this and I was just like, I should, I just need to have, I want to do something with Bobby. I I need, I wanted to have a co-host. I didn't want to just do it by myself. And I was just like, well, there we go. We're doing the podcast together. So I called him up literally like an hour before we went on stage and he was just like, dude, I'm in. Here we we are. Episode one, season two ish, if you want to call it. Um, Yeah. But I met a med. I was, uh, I was uh, doing a show. I was opening for this comedian named Craig Shoemaker, a really big comedian uh, in the 90s, okay. still a great comedian. Uh, and Ahmed was producing a show on the beach uh, called Sea Legs uh, out during of Huntington COVID. during COVID. Uh, oh. That's the only place you could really do comedy is <laughs> at the oh, beach. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, makes sense. So I met him and um, he uh, and, and, and also another way I was getting uh, more into the comedy realm was with uh, editing that I learned from the influencers uh, repurposing comedians clips for online. So I started doing with Ahmed and uh, found some pretty early success with his videos. A couple of the first videos I uh, edited for him got like a couple million views and started to help him uh, establish himself on social media. And, and then we just became friends and he started taking me on the road. And, and uh, yeah, that was really cool. Bobby That's actually, awesome. Bobby actually put breath back into my body. Cause I thought wow. I was dead. In, yeah. I, I thought I was dead in the water for a second. And then Bobby's like, Hey, let me fuck around with a couple of your videos. Can you send me, I was like, yeah, you know, let me see what you can do. And the first like three, four videos he clipped up, I don't know what fucking voodoo he did, but <laughs> they went, they went viral, bro. They went viral. They went crazy viral. And then it's called the school of Capron and Rydell hard knocks. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Social media hard knocks. <laughs> but then he started, you know, as you probably know, like every major comic in Los Angeles, even New York, was like calling him up. Hey, can you clip my videos? Can you clip my? Yeah. I, I wasn't. I wasn't the uh, the the diving board for that or the the launching pad for that because uh, Shoemaker. Well, I guess Shoemaker kind of was, wasn't he, or Francisco? Well, him Ramos. and Francisco Ramos, yeah. Yeah, but then a lot of comics, you know, were like calling me up, "Hey, who does your clips?" And I was like, hmm. "This this this guy named Bobby Ulrich." Or like, "Oh, can you connect me?" Or, and then it just it just kind of spiraled and 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 matrixed itself into a into a place where Bobby got like too busy <laughs> and and overwhelmed. But the good news is. He started going on the road with with all these comedians, including myself. Uh-huh. Not only because he's clipping their and my clips, but you're funny. Like you actually can bring it, and you know that's important. Yeah, you, you, you never you, you never want to bring a comic on the road as a favor, right? Or or, or or as an exchange. It's like, yes, there's a favor involved. Yes, there's, there's an exchange involved. But are you funny on stage, and are people going to like you? And Bobby right. is one of those rare commodities <clears throat> where he just has it. He has the it factor. Right. Yeah. 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 That's well, so I'll be cool, sending man. you a free bundle of clips next month. Uh, man. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. But I love that story because that's just so cool that that you guys are like uh, you know each both of you are just kind of helping each other along the way and i think that's what i yeah. want that's what we want with this with this show is to to showcase things like that and showcase the good energy that people are giving to each other and and spreading and spreading the love so i i think that's 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 super awesome i, lo- I love that story and you know Riker, a lot of people what I, I know this 
not so much for the music industry because I'm not in it, but I understand it. And it's kind of similar. Yeah, it is. To the comedy world. Everybody's looking out for themselves. Yes. Now, the difference between being in a band and being a comic, if you're in a band, you have to coagulate and, and be cohesive with the other members. Right. If you're a comic, you're on your own. Yeah. And Way so scarier, by the way. <laughs> what you guys yeah. do, they, I think about that, and I'm like, uh, you know, because I love all forms of entertainment, but just just thinking about what you guys do is absolutely terrifying. That is, it's, most, I have so much great, respect. I have so, comic, so much most, respect for you guys. It's an interesting comics, way of self torture. I always say, <laughs> most, most comics, most comics don't want to see you. If you're if, comic on comic, most comics don't want to see you succeed. They just don't. Yeah. So, and so they, but, but but then but then you find like you know like the outliers like the relationships we have and it's almost and like me and Ahmed like we just want to see each other win and we will use. Yeah. our skills to help each other out. And it's, it's kind of interesting how, and it's like that with everything you've been with me and Riker's relationship, right? It's like those kind of personalities sort of magnetize toward each other, yeah. you know, and it, they, they always seem to find the way. And then it makes those other voices, whether how prominent they are kind of seem more diminished in your own world and, and allow everybody to kind of, you know, continue right. to rise within your circle. Yeah. Absolutely. All ships, right. All ships rise together. And you know, when I, when I book my own shows, or if I am a part of a show, <clears throat> I prefer that the best or better comics go before me. And I do that for a reason, because I'm in the gym lifting weights. And if I see a guy lifting 250, I want to go lift 300, <laughs> 350. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to push myself. And, you know, I told Bobby this story recently. I had a, I had a show where there was a comic you know, I'm work. I was working with legends and monsters, and I was talking to a comic, and he he kind of said something that was off-putting, and I was like, "All right, okay, you know, it is what it is." Right. But the stage, the the, the stage will be my my pendulum. It'll be my. It'll measure, you know, who's 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 the big dog in the house. Right. Right. And I hate to be that guy because it's all. At the end of the day, we're just bringing laughter, but we're all fucking competitive, man. Yeah, it's like it's like swimming or golf or wrestling. There, you don't have teammates. You're just out there swinging the fucking, you know, swinging it by yourself. Doesn't Vince you Vaughn always tell you? Uh, didn't Vince Vaughn always tell you uh, always lead with fear? Yeah, I've known. Vince. Always lead. <laughs> always lead, lead with, with fear. Yeah. Well, okay. So Ahmed, Ahmed is known. Ahmed and Vince Vaughn were friends and knew each other when they were like 17. Okay. We're like lived friends. together in LA. Yeah. Well, they're still friends, but like they've still known friends, each other. It was 19, but yeah, I mean, Vince, 19. Vince, is, Vince is one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. I've heard that no one is quicker than him. He's his brain. He's so, so fast with his comedy. He could, he could run for president if he wanted. I mean, he has that yeah. ability mentally and you know, he's a big guy, he's six foot five, 200 mm -hmm. plus pounds. He's big. He's a big presence, you know, Right. and he walks into a room and, you know, I've, I've been around the world with Vince. It's like walking around with Jesus Christ. It's wild. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do your, Vin, he's, do, he's do a, your Vince impression. <laughs> he's a so force good. of nature. He's a force of nature. Well, I'm mad. You know, if you want to get it done, you can't rely on other people because people aren't going to respect you. <laughs> But you gotta get it done. <laughs> what they well, no, no, no. You hear what I'm saying? All I'm saying is, if you want something done, don't sit around and complain and whine and wait for somebody to get it done. You're the one. You discipline and focus and consistency. That's all that happens. I mean, you gotta manifest your dreams. Yes, <laughs> that is totally Vince Vaughn. That's amazing. It's oh. not, but it's not. Nobody can ever do him perfectly. But <laughs> it's, I, I I, it's the mannerisms, there. though. I, I, yeah. I picked it up. Now, um, Ahmed, what's uh, so? What do you have going on? What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? What's going on in the future? As a comic, I have a couple, you know, projects that I'm developing. Some TV and film ideas. I have a comedy special that I shot in Egypt that I think is good. I haven't watched it yet. Um, we're in the middle of editing it. I think it has potential um, to either get on a major platform or I'll just release it personally. Uh -huh. um, I'm work, working on a book. Oh, that's cool. A couple, 
Yeah, a couple couple movie ideas like rom com and action comedy thrillers that I'm working on. Oh yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to get out of the the uh, you know uh, square of Hollywood mm-hmm. and not rely on them so much and you know look for independent funding and partner with people that see my vision and you know I was talking to Bobby about this last night. Hollywood and entertainment and what we're doing, even this, doesn't define me. It doesn't make me sad or happy. You know, what makes me happy is to be at my mom's house in Riverside. Right. And eat her Arabic food and go in her garden and pick figs and apples and avocados and pears off her trees and watch Arabic soap operas and news and listen to the train go by and really just kind of. (laughs) Going, you know, cruising in in my 50s, I'm not so caught up in trying to be famous. I never did want to be famous, actually. Maybe that's maybe that was my problem. I just wanted to make a living making people laugh and entertained. That's right. all I really wanted to do. And that's still what I want to do. But the fame card was never there and it probably will never be there. But if it gets me and it catches up to me and I get it. I'm not going to say no or goodbye to it. You know, I'll embrace it. Hey, I'll hold the Oscar and shake hands and kiss babies. And, <laughs> but then I'll probably, if I, you know, God willing, I ever win an Oscar, I'll probably put it in my, on my mom's, you know, shelf above her fireplace. Right. That's beautiful. And, it, and it, you're still if, continuing if, to if make it, people laugh. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. all, all of that is continuing what you, with what you wanted to do in the first place, which is make people laugh. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're still doing that to this day. So I, I think that's something um, I think that's really, really awesome. It's also fun. You know, I just got back from Palestine, like I mentioned earlier and, and Bobby knows, cause he's seen my clips in Thailand, all over Asia. I'm going to Europe, uh, London next month and I'm doing it Middle East again. What makes me happy, the happiest I'm, I'm ever, the happiest I'm ever is when I'm on stage yeah, and I can see, you know, up to maybe two, three, four rows back if the lighting's right. Uh-huh. And I can see it's typically women, but men have done it too. I see men and or women laughing so hard. They're crying. They're wiping the tears. <laughs> <off. Yes. laughs> and I, and I have to blink my eyes and look twice. And I look at them and I say, miss, are you okay? She goes, and they they go, yeah, yeah I'm okay. I said, are you crying? They go, yeah. I said, those tears of joy. And they go, yeah, yeah. And I said, I said, that's awesome. I'm extracting bodily fluids from you because of laughter. Right, from laughter, yeah. But then I ask them, did you pee a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> because if they peed a little bit, then you really fucking drove it home. Then you really got them. <laughs> Oh, that's you know, awesome. When a, when a woman when a woman comes up, even a man, when a person comes up to you after a show, they're like, oh my God, you're so funny. I laughed so hard I cried. That pee a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and and you go and you go, wow, man, like that's that's pretty powerful. That's a that's like an Avenger superhero power, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. Who like you you'll never you'll never meet anyone around the world that doesn't enjoy a really just good proper just laugh attack where they just can't stop. It's the one of the greatest things on the planet. For sure. They and should PM, make a superhero. They should create a, whether it's DC or Marvel. They should create a superhero that that's his or her power. Hey, it that, doesn't whatever. even have to be DC or Marvel. You can do this. Whenever somebody's trying to attack you, you just shoot a couple jokes their way and they go, oh, yeah. (laughs) And they soil their underpants. They can't help it. Yeah, yeah, you 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 can do this. You create it. If if you want to talk directing, I'm here here to talk about it. (laughs) I want to, every project that I have mentioned, trust me, I'm going to run by you. All right, I love it. I am looking forward awesome. to it, man. That you are, are are super cool, dude. And I, I, you know, too, I man. love Bobby. So the fact that the fact that you guys are like this, I feel like we're already, you know, and this is virtual. So this is uh, yeah. this is just one step of of getting to know each other. But um, thank Definitely. you so much for taking some time out of your day to to join us on Glass Half Full. This has been uh, this has been really really cool. And I definitely want to go to Egypt. 
uh, and and we'll make this show happen. So let's let's stay in touch. Yo, brother, you have uh, what do you, what did I call it earlier? You have. Oh, uh, what did you call it? Uh, Wasa. What Wasa? How do I spell it? It's W W Tech. I think it's phonetically spelled W A A S T A. Wasta. 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 Okay, got it. Yeah. You're, you're connected. You're connected Thank in you. Egypt, and the glass technically is half full. And <laughs> I'm grateful to be on this podcast. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Riker. Thank and, you. We're uh, very grateful to this, have you. I hope this thing takes off and goes to the moon. I feel like it will. And I can't wait to meet you in person, man. Thank you. Yes. Uh, when I'm out, whenever I'm out and you guys have shows or if you're in Denver, please, uh, please let me know. I'd love to come see you. I still haven't seen Bobby's set. Soon. We'll make it happen. Yes. Denver let's make comedy, it happen. Denver comedy works. I'm putting it out there. There we go. Denver comedy works. Yes. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be there for sure. Two of my favorite people. Thanks guys, man. What a pod. Thank you guys. Thanks. Thanks And thank you everyone for listening. This is glass half full with Bobby and Riker. More to come.